Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 226 of Sat King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you about an hour after the Miami Heat beat the uh, Sacramento Kings in Miami on a on not a buzzer beating three, but a last second three by Tyler Hero. Um, the Kings, I thought overall, played well enough to be able to win the game, but sometimes a guy can travel and just make a three. Yeah, Hero was that kind of guy. He was that Kings killer. Uh, so props to him because, man, we could not stop him for pretty much, what, 90% of the time in that fourth quarter run. However, for the first three, we were pretty good about it. You know, unfortunately, him go, him kind of getting a rhythm and, you know, him starting to make shots kind of coincided with taking Davion off of him. I, I guess one thing, I guess to say, maybe he should have matched his minutes completely with Davion's and, Maybe you could have worn him out that way. By the way, he was questionable coming into this game, by the way. Who? Hero or Davion? Hero. Oh, really? He got, he, he I think, I guess someone poked him in the eye last game. Ooh. Eye contusion was the diagnosis, but he played. And yeah, they needed every single point that he scored. He scored 26, game high plus 15. So yeah, you can say they kind of needed him. Yeah, I, I want to say he scored at least half of his points just in that fourth quarter because yeah literally without him and his uh offense it's not much to go off of uh, in terms of the rest of the heat team for that fourth quarter of course yeah like without Jim, uh yeah by the way sorry i should probably open it with this jimmy was out um he i believe it was a hip soreness or something like that mm-hmm. De'Aaron, of course was out from his bone bruise so you know that kind of canceled itself out I had texted you like when I saw the news of Jimmy being out, I texted you that the Kings have, I'm less confident in the Kings being able to win this game. Mm-hmm. And you being the Nostradamus you are there, Tyler Hero's got to carry the game. And yeah, there, there we go. He did. He very much did. Yeah, pretty much kind of jinxed it. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it is what it is, really. Yeah. And again, like, so here's my thing Are you just, are you like overly disappointed, like on a scale of one to 10 that the Kings lost this game? I mean, with this kind of game, not really. Most of our games so far, I'm pretty proud of the team for, you know, at least coming close to most of those games, um, especially this one, uh, you know, without Fox. I mean, we played hard for sure. It's just, you know, it happened. So, uh, you know, stuff uh, didn't go our way, really. This is perfect. You have run into my trap guard because I'm going to go the other way. Oh, no. Look, like, it's great that they kept it close, that, you know, they fought hard until the very end. By the way, clutch free throws from Sabonis. I, I had no confidence he would, he would make those free throws. Those last <laughs> free throws by the way. Yeah. All the credit in the world for him to do that. But, like, you know, he he's going to have nightmares not finishing that and one um, by and one. I think the yeah, and yeah, not finishing that and one that uh, on Max Struess. Uh, mm-hmm. That probably should have been a dunk. That's fine. Like, you know, they played hard. He knows. He knows it. And, like, good. Like, they're going to come back next game and fight harder, I believe, is the Orlando Magic next game. It, but here's the thing. The Kings have done – It's this is just PTSD from me from just watching years of Kings basketball where – you know, we give this, we give them this kind of like pat on the back for, oh my God, you guys played hard. You guys kept it close. You know, good job. Like, you know, it's, you know, against good teams, the best you can wish for is that you're close, right? At a certain point, it's nice to be close. It's, you need to start winning these at some point. And I, I believe they are going to figure, hopefully they do figure it out at some point. The issue is, I think, on defense more than offense. I thought the offense actually was really good down the stretch for the most part. Like, the Heat defense was good at shutting down some stuff, but Kings were able to, you know, expose some weaknesses. <clears throat> Tyler Hero. Like, <clears throat> just, they, they did well enough, to, like, on offense, I think, to, you know, again, to be close. But what they need to do is that they need to start executing better on defense. Like, you know, there was a play where, you know, Kevin Herter got beat back door by Gabe Vincent to take the lead. Like, it just feels to me those kinds of plays happen way too often. And then, 
And then earlier in the fourth, like the Kings, I believe, got a seven or eight point lead. And it looked like they were going to look like they were going to win going away. But they ended up just getting out hustled. Now, in this game, they actually got out rebounded pretty badly. Um, they let me see. The Heat ended up with uh, five more offensive rebounds. They had nine uh, to the Kings is four. And those kinds of plays where you just kind of get out hustled, like they just it just feels like it happens too often. I'm seeing a lot of these same themes. They got to sometimes, you know, I always say the phrase go for the kill. What one way you can do this is to just absolutely destroy them on offense. But in order to do that, you got to get stops. And it's at a certain point, you got to be able to get stops. And it's been years of this. And maybe they do figure it out because I think the defense will get better. But, you know, the personnel, like, we'll have to see if they can actually make that happen. But at a certain point, as I said, they gotta they gotta be able to execute better down the stretch. You got you had them on the ropes. You have to kind of bite down and go for the kill. And it just it just seems to never happen. Yeah, hopefully I have a feeling the defense will improve for sure. Um definitely in this game, like the switches and uh the heat cutting kind of you know, left a wide open man pretty look, much. Look, to be fair, like the Heat offense, uh, like only seconds of the Warriors offense in terms of cuts, like just random cuts the, the way they did it. Like that Gabe Vincent cut was great. Like have Kevin Herter lost them, but that was a great cut. Like there was no real way I can see like Kevin Herter really play that better other than say block the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, in terms of rebounding, I don't know. This team doesn't feel like it's going to be a good rebounding team in my opinion. I don't know, maybe it'll change, but so far from what we see and I is it's not so great in my opinion. I think the stats actually show that they're a pretty good rebounding team for the most part, but they give up rebounds in the most unopportune times. Like in the Portland game, they gave up I think three offensive rebounds to Justice Winslow for no reason in the fourth. And like it, there are timely mistakes that they make and you, I hope those things get better. I hope, like you know, they go over the, they'll go over the tape, go over the play, and just go, just like get that, get that engraved into their minds, and just not make that those kinds of similar mistakes again. And again, they had them on the ropes. You have to lock down and just go again, go for the kill. And it's just, they just haven't been really been able to do it thus far. Or it's early in the season. It's a what. At this point, is a seven-game sample. You need about 20 games to really know what they are. But like at a certain point, they have to start winning these kinds of games because this will have a second night of a back-to-back for the Heat. And granted, they're they're at home, but they were they were on the ropes. Like I thought they were gonna, you know, start gassing out. But again, they just get out hustled in that during that stretch, and just that gave them energy. And ultimately, you know, they had a little bit of luck on their side, but they still they still were able to pull it out when they really shouldn't have been in position to in the first place yeah i mean like i said it is what it is we're just got to move on with this and uh hopefully i mean i'm pretty like you said we're playing orlando i'm hoping that will come out with a w so here's the thing like when i walked in when we walked into that hornets game i didn't really have that much confidence they were going to beat them because they are young team uh, the Hornets, because young team, lots of energy, usually not a great thing against the Kings or mm-hmm. not not good for the Kings because they just lose to these kinds of teams who just play harder than them. So, oh, boy, is it's on a two. Is that two? Jesus. I know. I I might miss a bunch of that. <laughs> not going to lie. We'll, we'll see. I should be able to watch it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like they just lose these. They just they have a trouble with these kinds of quote unquote bad teams. And I don't even think Orlando's terrible by any means. They're young. Like Bobo is not good. I don't care what worldwide WAP says. Like they play, they have, you know, number one pick and it, you know, winning this one, like just would have carried so much more momentum to, you know, have me confidently feel, feel more confident about beating, you know, a young inexperienced team like Orlando. But now that you lost this one, I'm I'm not so sure. Uh, I don't know what to say. Like you said, still early in the season. We still have a lot to learn. Um, I'm just hoping uh, guys like Harrison Barnes finds <laughs> some more points in his uh, regimen. And uh, uh, I don't know what else, to be honest. I mean, throughout the bot score, I mean, it looks 
pretty much mostly fine. Um, Murray didn't do so hot in terms of the offense, but I mean, his contribution on the other end, you know, does wonders for us. Yeah, like, am I, am I right that he wasn't on the court? Like, no, yeah, down the he stretch, wasn't. which was kind of confusing. Like, they they elected to go with Malik Monk, which was fine, but like, you just want to see Keegan out there. Look. You know, you need a big shot. I just feel like he, either he or Herter will be the will be the ones to, you know, make those shots. But, you know, it more or less worked out. Again, they did lose by a gate, by a pretty bullshit game winner. Even even if it wasn't for the travel, like, you know, Terrence Davis actually played okay on that, on that contest. Like, you know, he forced them to kind of double pump and, you know, throw up a shot and he hit it. But like, it's not, it's not bad defense by Terrence. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, quick question. Um would you have put Keegan instead of Barnes if that were the case? Honestly, yeah. Barnes does like he there were there there was a possession where you know he posted up hero and like you know if, if I don't know why Eric Spolster doesn't do this more often, just put him on a wing. Like just put him on a wing and hope for the best because Barnes went at him in the post and just spun and just threw up just one of the weirdest shots. I think he did get fouled, but you know, Barnes. Like, he's not really hitting his threes. He was two for five this game, which isn't bad, but I think he was, like, two for 11 coming into this game. Like, he's just not hitting shots, and his defense isn't exactly anything to marvel at right now. Like, it just feels like he's a step slower. And Keegan has really impressed me in just about every way. Like, you know, I I get it. You, You want a big body out there. He's the veteran. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But... You, you gotta find a way to squeeze Keegan in there somehow. I, I don't I guess you take out Malik, but Malik's playmaking, sure, but you need some defense down the stretch. And none of honestly, none of those were even Malik's fault. But you know, you, you add some size in there, it might change some stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully this is still, you know, that experimenting phase that <laughs> you know we've seen last uh, season with Root Wallen. Maybe this is the kind of you know situation we'll see with Mike Brown but yeah I mean at least we see Keegan at least uh starting I just yeah like you said kind of wished we saw him end the game yeah like it didn't Kevin Herter check out at one point because like I think he took a bad step was what I read like could have stopped in Keegan there just to replace him for a few minutes I mean why not like add you know a, a limitless spacing like out there with Keegan Mm-hmm. And you know it's one it's just one game and granted he didn't play all that well for the most part well he played well but he didn't make a lot of shots you know three for seven for seven points but you know have him out there he provides spacing he provides good defense and provides size like you gotta have you gotta have him out there oh yeah um one more thing just I want to quickly talk about Rashawn <sighs> I mean granted he 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 was fine for the most part but. I don't know. I hope he does find the rhythm, but right now he's so off in terms of like, you know, I listen to James Ham talk about it. Like he's his timing with his screening is like a little off in that he, he doesn't, it's not his instinct to go screen right away. He's always like, it always feels like he runs to the paint and then realizes he needs to go uh, set up a, set up a screen or he needs someone to tell him to instead of just automatically like setting a screen like Trey Lyles and, uh it's a bonus like really like they it's instinctual for them they go they go and set that screen to try and make something happen and then like I feel whatever Rashad rolls it's it's without a purpose like he doesn't seem to really like go to a certain spot he doesn't you know go hard to the rim hard to the rim to maybe provide some little vertical spacing he just seems a little bit lost out there and I hope he finds his rhythm because and also, like this, this will be on the guards too. The guards need to find him sometimes because he's open. Like sometimes he's pinning down a smaller guy. You know, he pinned down Gabe Vincent a few times this game, but they didn't pass to him. And you know, he got a little frustrated, like visibly. Mm-hmm. But they need to, to for needs to get back on track, but the guards need to also hit him. But then there was like, then you can notice like Rashad sometimes isn't ready for the pass, which is really weird too. He needs to get back on track like this team to really get going yeah i mean the more you mention it throughout these last few games i mean the more i see it more prominent sadly enough um yeah i don't i don't know i mean with tyrese of course it, it was pretty easy with Rashawn. it's like almost guaranteed that we see his uh infamous push shot which uh 
I think, yeah, he did make one this game. <laughs> one of like, what, maybe two? I, I think, yeah, this is one of two. Like, yeah, he's just, he's not getting his shots. And again, he doesn't have that, ty- he doesn't have a Tyrese. Like, I, the thing I notice is that there are openings to get him the ball, but there isn't a guy that can hit that opening on this team. Mm-hmm. Like, the only guy you may be able to think of, Sabonis, but they yeah. don't play together. No, yeah. And they never do. And it's, it's tough for Rashad. I get it, but he needs and he needs to find a way to figure it out. And also, just also like the guards, there is a element of the guards needing to get him the ball too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna be able to. Hmm, I, I I just don't know. I mean, hopefully we could see some more production in that end, but I feel like that's like on the bottom of the bucket list for the Kings at the moment. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see how things work out. Um, maybe there's maybe there's a trade out there. Although, you know, I do love Rashawn. It would be very it'd be very sad to see him go. I, I do. I you know we all like Rashawn, and mm-hmm. it's it's a really unfortunate circumstances with him. He didn't really get paid during that off during that off season or two off seasons ago, and then you know last year they trade for Sabonis. He you know gets pushed to a like a pure backup role and. Right now, like Mike Brown still isn't playing them together. So he's just he's as a backup. And I get it. But he he needs to find he needs to find a way because him, if you can like turn him into, you know, his first year Rashawn, like I think what 2019, 2020, we need that version of Rashawn. Yeah, let's hope so. Or let's hope that he finds that kind of groove again. All right, uh, that's it. That's all we have for the game, but we do have more uh, Kings news. Uh, just want to talk about some Kings stuff uh, and some news. So De'Aaron Fox, his injury is a bone bruise, no structural damage. Um, as I, as we said, w- was out in this game. He may be back in Orlando, but as far as I've heard, it's very unlikely. They're probably going to be a little, little bit more careful with this. Uh, remember last year, Sabonis got a bone bruise and was out for the rest of the season. So. Yeah. I don't think De'Aaron will be out for the rest of the season because, like, De'Aaron actually has a has a history of actually coming er, coming back early a lot of the time. Now, granted, uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, that's that's to be determined. But he was at shoot around. He was shooting, not doing a lot of work, but he was he was actually shooting and like during shoot around. Hmm. That's good. Um, to be honest, probably I I, I personally don't want to rush him, uh, but you know, it's up to him and, you know, the organization, whether or not he wants to play or not. I just, this is a perfect transition. Well, maybe he doesn't need to come back according to Bill Simmons because, because Bill Simmons uh, after the Hornets game. So uh, maybe not the greatest timing to bring this up, but he said he, he, he sneak, he took a peek at the Hornets and Kings game. And his proclamation was that you need to, you should the Kings should consider trading Fox to open up more minutes for Davion. Now here's what he came up with. Okay. De'Aaron Fox to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook and the two picks unprotected. Oh fuck me. <laughs> fuck off. No. no. That's straight up no. Straight up no. What what if? What what about if you bring back Damian Jones? Oh wow! I would love Davian Jones back. <laughs> what is that? It that, that well? No, he didn't even do the Damian Jones. It, it was just uh, I, which I don't think even worked because Russ earned so much. Uh, it was just Russ for De'Aaron and two picks. So here's here's his reasoning. This is uh, something that actually a lot of the national media thinks as well. He says De'Aaron probably never be better than a top 35 player. And that if you trade for Russ, he is an expiring contract. He's an expiring contract. You get him off your books and hell, you know, why not? You can buy him out. Technically (laughs) you can just buy him out. Mm -hmm. But the, but the, but the cream of the crop, the reason why you're doing this trade in the first place is those two unprotected picks. Okay. Tell, Tell me more about these two picks unprotected 20 i believe it's 27 and 29 so like you know it's not the work it's actually a really good idea to get those picks because lord knows where the lakers are going to be in a few years when lebron inevitably retires like i know he's a bionic human at a certain point he's going to decline to the 
to the point where he's not a top five player in the league anymore. And then you're left with AD and a bunch of dudes. <sighs> Both of these are Lakers picks. Both of these are pure Lakers picks. They're not from another team. Ooh. Intriguing. But I feel like there's something better out there. Not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I Look, the national view on De'Aaron, I get that. Like, yeah. he... I think he had, I still, th- I still believe in De'Aaron being possibly cracking into the top 20 at some point. I mm-hmm. think he's a top 35 player right now. Mm-hmm. And I just think with, with a better, you know, this is the best, this is probably the best situation he's ever been in. And he's been good so far. Now, granted, he does leave a lot to be desired, particularly on defense sometimes, a lot of the time, but overall he is a force that, you know, is tough to deal with. And he does need to be better at, utilizing that force to you know drive them to wins a little bit better in terms of just like setting up his teammates and making a team team better but i think he's a he i think he's still a lot better than than the national media sees him as Mm. yeah as of right now i probably would still keep fox (laughs) regardless of these trades but uh, god you just put uh, probably <laughs> bad dot in my mind of trading Fox away right now. Hey, you have Davion. Like you know, he hit. He 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 was nine for eleven. Yeah. Well, last game. <laughs> yeah, nine for eleven. Was it six for seven from three? That raised his percentage to thirty eight percent. Yeah. <laughs> you want you want to you want to take a look at what he shot before that? You know, I'm, I'm just saying, like not not to shit on Davion, but like I, the Fox is a lot better. Um, Fox is better right now. Granted, the defense is night and day between the two, but the offense, also the offense is pretty night and day between the two as well. And, you know, like, let's not overreact to one game. I I, I wouldn't do this trade. I would consider it for those two picks. Uh, maybe there's something else we can work out, but, you know, like, apparently they're not willing to do it for Miles Turner and Buddy Healding. Maybe that's a good idea. I'm just saying, this is like Lakers are what one in five right now. Are they playing tonight? I should check. Oh, they are playing. They're playing uh, New Orleans. Oh, wow. They're actually up on New Orleans. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got their first win uh, against the Nuggets. Yeah. Not too long ago. Hmm. Actually, how's Russ doing in this game? (laughs) Uh, Let me just check real quick. Check the box score. Uh, Russ, uh, plus 11. 11 points. So he, oh, he almost has his triple double at halftime. 11.7 assists and six rebounds. Good for him. Oh, okay. Just got to grab some more rebounds. Let, and... Let's wait till the second half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, I, I like to stick with this team. And until, until the wheels completely fall off, I'm not considering it. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Uh, what about another? Um, what, what about this transition? Now, uh, Let's just say I would not be as confident as I would be in this in the Kings organization if Vladi were still in charge when they were still a dysfunctional mess, when you just could not predict what kind of weird shit Vladi is going to do. Now, Vladi did do some good stuff, but unfortunately, his legacy will always be tainted by the worst move of probably this decade, not drafting Luka over Marvin. Okay, that's just going to be a thing. Yeah. That is that is a sign of a very, very dysfunctional organization with a very bad GM or, or, uh, working at the time and with a meddling owner who likes to get his ideas in there and doesn't really understand why his ideas are bad. But there may be one, there might be another organization that could be even more dysfunctional now. And they just fired their, their head coach and had one of their stars uh, you know, get in trouble for some anti-Semitic, um, anti-Semitic promotion. And I, I am talking about the Brooklyn Nets. How, how's that transition? That was way too long, actually. <laughs> but um, so I, I was listening to the Kings Beat podcast uh, this just this morning, actually. Um, and they said, and someone from the Kings media basically said that the Nets have now inherited the worst uh just the most dysfunctional organization in the nba from the kings do you agree wait the kings 
No, no, the Nets have inherited oh. from the Kings. Mm. Uh... So, so just to recap, yeah. uh, they hi- they fired Steve Nash. Um, yeah. Well, before that, Ky- you know, uh, KD demanded a trade. Kyrie uh, basically, you know, wouldn't play because of a vaccine mandate or he wouldn't get the vaccine. And then, you know, came out with this anti-Semitic stuff, this scandal that just happened. And they're about to hire Ime Yudoka, a guy that was suspended from from the Boston Celtics after making the finals, no less. Uh, Yeah. So that's just a quick recap of just what has been going on with the Brooklyn Nets. I want to say that they are <laughs> um, just because, you know, as a Kings fan, I don't want to say we are the most dysfunctional, but yeah, so far for the Nets, it's, it's just, it just sounds so ugly week after week with um, whatever news that comes up about them. And as of right now, I, I don't even know their record. Are they even? They're two and six, I think. Bad. it's bad it's yeah that's terrible um so yeah i'm gonna crown them as of right now the most dysfunctional organization i will say i think there are actually worse organizations i think it's a well like right now they're definitely the worst i don't think the kings are number two though i uh, you know what L- like low-key philadelphia 76ers are a shit show now they happen to have Joel Embiid. That's really the only thing that's keeping them from being dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget the Ben Simmons stuff. Like that was a that was a culmination of very, really, really bad culture. Culture kind of letting him do whatever the hell he wants and not holding him accountable. Mm-hmm. And then you have like I honestly think Houston has a pretty awful organization to a certain degree because their owner is a bit of a bit of a dickwad. Um, like the Suns. Well, let's not forget, they're a very dysfunctional organization. The Knicks, there are a lot. I think the Kings kind of got out of that. They're maybe still like bottom five in terms of like work, most dysfunctional organization. There are a lot I would think of before the Kings. And I'm biased here, of course, but yeah. I will say there are there are other teams. But as I just mentioned, you know, you had you had a coach um that was, or you had a play, you had the star player demand that his coach or at least wanted his coach to be fired. You have a star that basically won't like just won't play for you, doesn't really want to play for you anyways, and then you know goes up, goes around just posting random shit he finds cool. And then you have Ben Simmons, and then you have all this garbage that's happening. And again, they're about to hire Ime Udoka, a guy that has a scrap, a very Let's just say shoddy pass, to say the least. Again, very recently, again, got suspended from a team for one full year after making the finals. You know how bad that is? Yeah, it just sounds terrible. But, um, ah, crap. I already lost my train of thought. But, uh, gosh, dang. (laughs) Once you mentioned Ime Adoka, I kind of lost what I was going to say. Well, like think of think of the, think of it this way as well. The 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 D'Angelo Russell Nets. I call it the hipster Nets. Like that was Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Lo, Kara's mm-hmm. Levert, Jared Allen. Remember yeah. those days? Yeah, those were. That some... was only three years ago. <laughs> that was only three. When I I saw a tweet. I think it was from Sam Bazzini. That was only three years ago. I feel like the Kings just get bad rep just because we haven't been to the playoffs because we're the longest currently in NBA for uh, what uh, playoff drought. Yes. So I'm pretty sure that's a huge contribution to why we're, I guess, considered the worst organization or second to worst you say, right? I, I mean, like uh, for a long time, I've, I've just kind of like, again, we're biased here because we're Kings fans. Sure, like the memes, the jokes, whatever. But I thought we've been like ever since we hired. I mean, it could it could go sideways, but like I just think other teams get ignored. Again, I think I think Philly's front office and like their ownership is a dumpster fire that's just masked by Joel Embiid's greatness. Like there, I think I think there are worse organizations than the Kings, and one of them is the the uh, Brooklyn Nets right now because. You know, ever since KD and Kyrie came over, 
it's been a toxic dump. They got Kenny Atkinson fired. And ever since then, like they had one good year where like they had the big three, but unfortunately injuries just cost them a championship. But ever since then, it's only gone downhill and like it just keeps getting worse and worse. And again, this might be this might be rock bottom where they hired Ime Udoka. Just again, a guy that like had an inappropriate relationship and you know ended up being suspended. And to the point, there's something that happened that we don't know what it is. But it was so bad that Matt Barnes would not defend you. That's how bad it is. That, that's how you know it's bad. Because Matt Barnes like rides and dies with his brothers. And Ime Udoga is a brother to him. And the fact that he's saying, like, this shit, this shit's deep. Fuck. I want to know. I actually want to know what happened. I really do. Like, what is so bad that to the point where again Matt Barnes is walking back his comments about defending you? gosh <laughs> yeah i mean we'll see do you think uh the nets are gonna you know blow it up uh probably probably after this season not gonna lie i don't know honestly like i mean uh Kyrie's probably gone kd the tricky thing about kd is like what is his value like is it six picks is it five six picks i mean well, like it's not it's not even picks because Brooklyn Nets don't want picks because their picks are actually going to Houston, so they want to actually be good. So it's it's really tricky. I think KD is stays on the team just because I don't see where he would get traded. Um, and then Kyrie's gone, and then I guess you just go from there. Maybe just find a way to rebuild the team and maybe refine those good vibes because it is bad like right now and you know like katie had one good year where you know he was on top of the world after after just missing out on beating the bucks like literally a like half an inch away from you know beating the bucks um and now like now we see that you know now you know the warriors have won the championship again and the kd questions like are his championships legitimate they are but like he's a guy that's gonna be well, at least for now, known as a guy that fosters a very shit environment for the most part, not a leader, and you know, just doesn't re- doesn't bring the good vibes to a team. Yeah, sadly enough, and I guess we'll see what happens <laughs> with Katie. I I feel like there's some somewhere for some reason he'll uh, move on from the Nets, but. Yeah, as of right now, the Nets not not look not a good future looking out forward. Um, okay. Um, before well, let, let you know what. Let, let's move on to this, and then we'll end with our final thing. But um, look, we we've kind of crapped on Kyrie quite a bit, but I will give him credit here. He did apologize. He did issue a statement. So let me see. Uh, so I have the quote here. I should have read this beforehand. But they, basically, he did a joint statement with the, uh, let's see, Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, and the Brooklyn Nets, a joint statement from all three. I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strongly with the communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. I am aware of the negative impacts my post towards Jewish towards the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals or principles. I am a human being learning from all walks of life, and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So from my family and I, we meant no harm to any one group, race, or religion of people, and wish only to be a beacon of truth and light. So he did say, I'm sorry, but you know, he says he doesn't agree with everything in that documentary, which hopefully means he actually watched it and maybe just finally sees, like, please actually, like, do some goddamn research before we say something, say anything anymore. But he did say sorry, and sh- sh- does he deserve credit for that? I mean, good for him for saying sorry. Now, <laughs> from here on now, I pretty much don't trust him in him uh how i say this doing this again in terms of uh you know what he ha- what he has done before you just hope he learns from this and just yeah. be a little bit more responsible with his post and just using his voice because 
he does have a lot of influence and whether he likes to you know whether he likes to take responsibility for it like we don't know hopefully he just grows from this and we just forget about this because again as i said great guy for the most part from like what i've heard like if you ever meet him in person just but it's always kind of it's always smokescreen behind all this garbage. So, you know, hopefully he does learn from this and, you know, he becomes a better person because of it. And, you know, he's a guy that is, that definitely, let's just say, he likes to surprise people. I'll just say, maybe this is a way he can surprise us by actually maturing and learning from this. Well, well, let's hope so. Okay, last thing I want to talk about, just a eulogy for Steve Nash. Like, Look, I'm very sensitive to like sit to like coaches getting fired like Steve Nash and just being scapegoated for a lot of the team's issues because of Luke Walton. Now, was Luke Walton a good coach? Probably not. Was he a bad coach? I don't think he was a bad coach. Same thing with Steve Nash. Who the hell was how the hell were he supposed to coach this team? You have Ben Simmons who refuses to shoot. But by the way, it looks like game seven against the Hawks, basically, which is an extension of it over an entire season. You have Kyrie who just does shit. And then KD who, you know, is brilliant, but, you know, te- does kind of hog the ball a little sometimes. Same thing with Kyrie. And then you have guys that don't play defense. What are you supposed to do? <sighs> Yeah, that's too bad. Um, hopefully he finds a different job <laughs> or a different coaching job than uh, what he has to go through with um, the Nets. I mean, really, I think he did his best, to be honest. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I don't think he was good either. Like, hmm. you know, he, he's an inexperienced coach. And this is like a PhD class in handling a team. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think Phil Jackson could have gotten, maybe Phil Jackson would have had a chance, but you're talking about like what the, you know, arguably the first or second greatest coach of all time. Like maybe he could handle this situation. Like that's how volatile like this situation was. And, you know, you have essentially a rookie head coach just kind of thrown into the fire like this. Again, what was he supposed to do? Uh, yeah, true enough. It's just, um, well, hopefully he may can find something <laughs> that I guess Nash couldn't do. I, I cannot wait for the stories of him. Tr- like, I, I want to hear stories about him and Ben Simmons, how he's going to get Ben Simmons to shoot the fucking ball because it's so frustrating to watch him play. Like, I, I said it in a previous podcast, the dude is such a pussy. <sighs> like, it, I don't need you to shoot the ball. I need you to just, just try and attack. Like, when he uh, tries to attack, he cannot get weight to pass the ball to somebody else. <laughs> just, just lay it up. Just, do something. Feet. <laughs> like, like him and Giannis were on the same like spot a few years ago. But look at Giannis. Giannis can't shoot. Can't shoot from the free throw line. You know what he does? He draws a lot of fucking free throws. He misses a lot of them. But hey, he's going to the free throw line. He ain't afraid. Ben Simmons is afraid. It's so frustrating. And like, I mean, I I was all in on trying to trade for him. Fuck. Thank fucking God we didn't. That's how, that's how our, out I am on Ben Simmons. Yeah. After this season or after him coming back, what it's been away. It feels like two seasons. Yeah. And you know, the back injury, I, I don't envy him for that, but like, it's not like he's great on in defense. Like granted it's a team wide thing. What he does on defense does not make up for his lack of just, you know, assertiveness and courage, I guess, on offense. That's just how I see it. Hey, maybe we'll finally see some threes drop down after all of those No, you don't uh, want him shooting anyways. (laughs) Like I said a few years ago, like, if he shoots threes, so what? He's Lonzo Ball. That was bad Lonzo Ball, mind you. So it doesn't matter. Uh, Well, let's hope he... uh, yeah, I, I would. You know what? Well, we just wish the best for him, but please yeah. do not be a pussy. It is where I'm at with him. All right. Anything else you want to quickly talk about? No, I did start uh, rewatching Game of Thrones. Uh, you mean watching or rewatching? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I did watch episode one now, you know, how long ago. Uh, start from the beginning again. So uh, it felt, not going to lie, it felt a lot easier than the first time uh, watching it. Uh, you know, 
uh, getting to know the places, the people, um, I guess the stories going around. So yeah, other than that, yeah, fuck the Lannisters. <laughs> the Lannisters. And what, what did you think of the ending scene of, of episode one? Um, were you shocked? No, they, I mean, they, uh, after watching House of Dragons, not going to lie, kind of prepped me for Game of Thrones in some ways. Uh, even though I know some spoilers here and there for Game of Thrones, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised <laughs> that there's a already incest in this. I won't spoil one. I won't. I don't think it spoils anything. There is one that actually legitimately go maybe go ill for a long time. There, uh, there's one later on. Okay, okay. You, you won't know when it's coming, but you know. I see. It's a it's it's an interesting one. Uh, any other thoughts? Um, do, do you? Like who? Who's your favorite character thus far? You said how many episodes have you watched? Uh, only three. Okay. Um, th- out of three episodes, who's your favorite so far? It's hard to say. I guess. Uh, Do you know the name of the person? <laughs> how about that? That's a problem. That, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many people that have to try remembering. Uh, who? Who's the guy that famously says that winter is coming? Who I actually don't know. Oh gosh, dang it. Is, it! is it Ned is Stark? It Ned Stark. It was almost a like John Stark. That's not even a name. So, uh, <laughs> hey, he could be a Stark, but he's John Snow. <laughs> but he's a bastard. I I know. I I didn't know that personally, um, or I probably don't remember from the first uh, watch of episode one. But uh, yeah, I mean, so far I think Ned Stark. I mean, it's probably going to change otherwise uh, throughout the season or you know episodes uh but uh yeah we'll see what the walkers are because i still don't know what the walkers are and uh yeah fuck the lannisters give it a few seasons it it takes a while talk about something that takes a while it takes a while Uh, that's great well uh we'll see how i guess um how the lannisters uh deal with uh what's his name waking up oh harry forgot his uh, name braun braun stark or he's technically brandon but he comes on Bra- well he is braun you gotta say it with a british accent yeah. brand mm. i think is how you would american americans would say it yeah like not gonna lie um some the uh i guess some um, and not what's the word some of the parts in the uh, first few episodes i kind of recognized from how uh, game of zones did it or like mm. referenced off of especially the one with uh frazier and uh porzingis uh <laughs> weighing in bed being uh you know ridden with injuries and how uh what's the, the i guess the gm at the time for new york it came in and how porzingis and frazier were just scared for their lives that's actually a good trivia question. <laughs> I actually don't know what you because they've had a lot since then. So that should be a good. That should be a pretty good trivia question. But uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the mom so far? How about that? Which mom? Kathleen. Uh, Kathleen Stock. Uh, she. I mean, she's a woman. She's definitely a woman. Why like, she looks okay. out for her kin. You I don't know. Mom, you mean a mom? She, I mean, she's she's the a way, The way you said she's a woman. Yeah. What the fuck's that supposed to be? Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely insinuating some nasty stuff right there. Definitely not how the queen is. And my gosh, that um, I mean, the queen and king compared to what we've seen from House of Dragon. Uh, yeah, th- these guys ain't good. <laughs> No, well, there is a bit of a, there, there is a bit of a, I mean, I'm pretty sure they actually talked about it. Like the king, Robert is his name. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to be king. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, like Viserys. Viserys, honestly, I don't think wants to be a king. Like he's an unwilling king, but, you know, he ends up kind of being good at it. But, you know, just not a guy that has a love for, you know, ruling. Yeah. I mean, but you know, he all of a sudden, you know, have to take the mantle. And uh, for the most part, so far, I mean, Viserys has done a pretty good job, I guess I would say, for the most part. Um, we'll see how, you know, Robert does uh, for however, how long left. And uh, yeah, I'm still 
a little weary about the Lannisters. There's a there's a pretty funny scene. I um, think a few more episodes in where they troll a poor little squire, and it don't don't. It's not a spoiler. This is a pretty funny scene later on, so you'll you'll enjoy mm. it. Uh, do you plan on finishing all eight seasons right now? It's I'm gonna take my time. Not gonna lie, it's not like I'm gonna sit and watch. <laughs> Like hours on hours to finish this up eight yeah, times two. You never know. It, it got me. I think the most I watched in one sitting was like four episodes, mm. and they're like an hour long. And yeah. you know, it did take me like a few months to finish it. But one of our buddies, he finished it. I think within a few days, which that's pure yeah, insanity. That's, yeah, that's pure insanity. Like uh, for me, I mean, so far, of course, I, I'm gonna take my time on this, but. Uh, just yesterday, I, I, you know, finished the first three episodes, which, I mean, already takes up, what, almost three hours of your time. And uh, <laughs> I actually did focus on those three episodes. Okay. All right. Well, you know, no, let me know if you have any questions. It does get a bit confusing sometimes. So I'm, I will try yeah. to explain it to you. But uh, uh, what have I been watching lately? Um, I've been trying to watch Bell. I've been trying to finish it. I can't. I, <laughs> like I haven't. Had, I haven't really found the time to really do it. But yeah, that's uh what I'm watching. Um, what anything else like I can think of? Um, I'm trying to watch watch Rick and Morty. Try to get into it. it it's taken a bit. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, for me, I don't know what else it would be on. I'm. I I want to get back into Chainsaw Man. Really, for for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched anime for a while, so it's probably out of my alley. I'm gonna stick to basketball, I guess, for yeah. now. Oh, and yeah, and just uh, well, we do. I I do need another show to watch, but we'll we'll see how that turns out. I'm currently watching the Lakers right now. They're up on the Pelicans, so good on you guys. Lakers Twitter is having an absolute ball right now. You know, congratulations, guys. Yeah, and for me, probably more football. Not gonna lie, probably. I've been watching a little more football than in the uh, compared to the last previous like maybe few years. Uh, right as you said that, uh, the Pelicans are making shots. And they went from being down twelve to only down seven now. So I mean, eh? Eh? <laughs> it's, I feel like yeah, nowadays for basketball is very comebackable when you're only down like what Dyson Daniels just stopped LeBron. Wow, that's incredible. Mm. Um, here, here. What about this? Let, let's do this. Do you think that do you think the Lakers win this game? Uh, no, I'm gonna say no. You probably made a good bet. I don't think they're gonna win a game either. Uh, they're, they're only up to four now. Jesus. <laughs> well, as we were talking. <laughs> no, oh, the threes aren't going down. Austin Reeves just missed one. It's a two-point game. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, good bet. All right, we'll we'll, we'll check back in next episode to see if they keep their lead. Let's see if they keep stay what they would be one for six, I believe, if they lose this game. Yes, they would be one for six. Will it be one for six or two and five? Like the Kings. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, let's keep it uh, one and six. <laughs> Not going to lie. All right. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll check back in with the Lakers and the Kings and how many episodes uh, Fong has watched by Game of Thrones. He said he's only going to watch a few episodes. I'm going to bet you're going to be by the end of season two the next time we talk. I don't know how no you're going to do it. <laughs> you're going to find a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Targaryen's still horny. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, that that scene was like, that was so creepy. The way the brother touched Daenerys like yeah. that, that, that was creepy. That is. And not only that, I didn't know how, uh, what's her name? The, it starts with a D. Da- Daenerys? Daenerys. The, the, Daenerys, yeah. The, the blonde girl, right? The Targaryen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Daenerys. Like her... I guess, how would I say this? Just her mindset, and uh, it just feels so eerie to me. And not only that, like her wanting to please uh, uh, the big, the big guy, Mister Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mister Aquaman. It's like, man, you. It didn't seem like you want to do this. Now you're all in for it. It's like. It, 
you see her grow up, I guess, I guess would be how I would describe it. She, she becomes a lot more developed in later seasons. She, she's a very blank character. Like you kind of know this, that, you know, she's one of the main characters. She becomes a lot more developed. I, 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 I will will have to see, but, um, whatchamacallit. Yeah. It's just, uh, how old is she in the beginning of this episode? Because they're talking Uh, about how. I want to say 17. Uh, Let me me check real quick. Well, if you type in, like, D-A-E, her name actually pops up, so she's still pretty popular. Oh, I see. (laughs) Let's see. She is... Oh, fuck me. I, I actually got to probably... Hold on. Daenerys Targaryen age season one. She's... Holy shit, she's 13, technically. Wow. There's no way... I don't think I, I don't think that's right. I don't know. We'll, we'll just we'll just assume that's the case. Well, Sansa I know is like thirteen for sure. She is like young. By the way, uh, yeah. if, you, if you didn't know, Arya and the actors for Arya and uh, Sansa they're the same age, which is in, crazy because one's like six oh. one and the other one's like five one. I okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh. <laughs> Huh. yeah when it, interesting little tidbit yeah when it comes to age in game of thrones it's looking very um disgusting to say the least let's uh, get used to it yeah i guess so well um the pelicans did take the lead briefly but uh lakers are up, up five again so yeah uh, maybe uh, maybe they do win this one we'll see well it all comes down to the fourth quarter right all comes down to the fourth quarter Okay, three-point game uh, to end the third quarter. (laughs) Okay, yeah. It's going to swing back and forth. All right. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Come back to find out if the Lakers win this game and what Fong thinks of Game of Thrones. And the Kings. Let's not forget the Kings. Yep, we'll see you guys later.